Welcome to Popcorn History with the Freeborn County Historical Museum, Library, and Village. I'm Stephanie Kibler, Executive Director, here with Risha Lilienthal, Curator, and Reggie, I almost said Bowman. Where did <laughs> that come from? Bauer. Oh, yeah. Reggie, the Bowman Bauer. It's <laughs> your new WW. There you F go. wrestling name. Wait, can um, you, do you do archery? I did it maybe like a very brief stint in eighth grade because right. my oh, school made all of us do it. It was my ESP. <laughs> she knows things. I know things. Or just remember like, that. ESP. <laughs> <laughs> so um, typically how popcorn history works is we sit down in my office and throw oh. words out at each other, pop <laughs> words out. And this round, I said parlor. Risha said cards. I said dog tags. And Risha said tombstone. And she has no clue where I'm going with parlor dog tags. Well, you don't know where I'm going with either of mine either. (laughs) Per usual. (laughs) Per usual. Um, But when I said parlor, what came to your mind? Our parlor in the Victorian home. I knew it. (laughs) Are you thinking beauty parlor? No. Oh, what parlor? All gambling is ordered stop. Chief Jensen serves notice to all soft drink parlors to quit money games. Party pooper. I know, right? Back in (laughs) January of 1923, the Freeborn County Standard reported, Chief Edward Jensen of this city says that he did not make the laws and that there may be some of them that he does not believe fair, but as long as they are on the statute books and he is an officer, the laws will be enforced. Regardless of the feelings or personal inclinations of the violators. Last week, he visited every soft drink parlor and pool room in the city and served written notice on the proprietors that all card games for money, all games of chance, all wheels, and other gambling devices must be stopped. As there is considerable respect for the new chief, the edict was obeyed and will likely stay obeyed. The chief also warned youths and all of minor age (laughs) that the law that prohibits them from pool rooms will be enforced. He has instructed his officers to watch this matter very carefully. Furthermore, he has started a campaign for the enforcement of the automobile laws. Speeding, lights out after dark, taillights out, violation of the parking laws will be watched carefully in the future. And I can't even Whoa. drink during this decade. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I uh, I initially had thought of the Victorian Home Parlor mm. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, oh, there were so many fun parlors because there were ice cream parlors. Right. Um, I said beauty parlor. Shoeshine parlors. <gasps> Ooh. So for ladies and gentlemen, neat, genteel, and satisfactory work for all shoe repairing. 27 years experience ensures skillful service, prices fair and just. Mm-hmm. That was Chas Oliva. Charles, I'm assuming, was his first name, right? Chas? Yeah, I think so. C-H-A-S, period. Hmm. Um, I thought this was kind of fun, too. Ball players purchase business. Pitcher Harold Johnson, late of the Tiger team and star of the Adams team all season, and Carl McDowell, Premier Tiger catcher the last season have taken over the management of the billiard parlor Hmm. and bowling alleys in the basement of the home investment building. (laughs) I I just hadn't thought of 
parlors in that way, right? Um, Jacobson's place was a billiard parlor and lunchroom. Rish is over there laughing. <laughs> a dandy place to spend your leisure hours and a good place to eat. Well, there you go. I just I think of Music Man. Why? Because we got trouble. <laughs> oh, in River City? In Albert Lee? <laughs> Can you sing that? We had trouble in Albert Lee? I can't sing that. No. <laughs> uh, and even Clark's Grove had a ice cream parlor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering how many other smaller communities had parlors of some sort, mm-hmm. whether it's billiards or beauty or forgot they used to call them a beauty parlor. Yeah. Um, the one piece that re- kind of relates to the parlor in the Vic- our Victorian home, which we have on exhibit here at the museum, yeah. was the Home Furniture Company's ad from 1893. In boundless variety is our furniture stock, all styles for all classes, a word about parlor suites. You need one room at least for receiving company. How will you tarnish it? That's the question. We will solve your problem. We study tasteful effects, have the benefit of our experience, no charge for it. Elegant designs and parlor furniture. Snug and small may be your room. We will fit it well. Large and far-reaching as the palace of a king. We will likewise meet the case. Honors come by diligence. We gain them by attention to business. No need to speak. Everybody knows prices are low at Natvold and Keel. Coffins, caskets, undertaking, and embalming. Hmm. Coffins, caskets. I love the alliteration. (laughs) So that that actually was a lot more fun for me to read about um, because there were so many different, like a shoe shine parlor. Whatever. I wouldn't have thought of that one. We've got a shoe shine chair. Maybe we should make a shoe shine parlor. There you go. And base it on Chaz Oliva. We should have a juxtaposition of several parlors mixed together. And it's a which one's a part of which. Oh, that could be so much fun. That's yeah. a pop-up. Yeah. Write that on your list. I didn't bring my pen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I have a pen. <laughs> he thinks. Oh, my gosh. That could be such a fun exhibit. It would be super fun to put together. But what a great exhibit for um, school tours. Yeah. Like having them pick which which is which goes where. Mm-hmm. Just like write that down, write that I down. I guess I guess like that kind of jumps into yours though, right? I mean I don't know what kind of cards. I assume you were kind of going with the card game we have in the parlor, but like billiard rooms. Right. That kind of ties in then with So we do have whist as a game in the parlor at the table because they would have played whist a lot at the time period. Of the Victorians. But I was thinking of the calling card case. Oh, I forgot about the calling I card love case. the calling card case. So, you, yes. so most people aren't going to know what the calling card mm-hmm. is, right? Yes. Well, the case we have is uh, shell covered. And there was a note written inside that it said it was used by Miss Lottie Barlow's mother. Uh, and it was from Catherine Claiborne. A vast majority of card cases are made of silver, but others were used. So a calling card was kind of your your information that you would bring to somebody else's house. Kind of, uh, you would especially leave it if you came to call on them and they weren't there. Sure. To say, hey, I was here. Like, 
I want to visit with you, find a time or place Leave a to message. come see me. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of before like phones it's, were popular, you know, and became it, it in was home the a text lot. messaging of yes, what the nineteen. Eight, late 1800s, late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, yeah. And so that's something some uh, a source says it's the social media of the Victorian age. <laughs> right. Um, a tray full of calling cards was like social media. Uh, it was a way to advertise who was in one's extended social circle. Mm. Uh, now it's all just Discord servers. <laughs> right. Uh, and actually often the cards of the wealthiest or most influential people were purposefully displayed on top of the stack mm. to impress future visitors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a calling card from this fancy pants uh-huh. over here. <laughs> like, oh, look who came to see me. <laughs> I'm important. <laughs> I guess my head is spinning. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Um, but they also had these little cases then that they would use to have their own calling cards in so they could take them out. So, um, if you were in the presence of somebody, you'd like to have a nice, a a pretty case too, to be like, this is where I hold my cards. And they were a little bit bigger than what a modern day business card is. Is that right? Uh, Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there was a standard size, but yeah, about that size. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought of those cards, but I also thought of postcards. And I also thought of the the wool carders, you know, you would card wool. Oh, you were all over I was the like, place. Cards are everywhere. <laughs> just like just like parlors. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> it's a versatile word. Yeah. Um, but we have a digital copy of a postcard. So we like to get some digital copies of things too, even if we can't have the um Original. Physical, yeah, original <laughs> copy. Um, and it's of uh, three men who are lounging on a wooden cart while they hold rifles in a wooded area. It's from the 1900. It's from 1900, so 1900s, yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, the little inscription on the front says, uh, the three musketeers, with a slash, just before Art had typhoid fever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so one of them is named Art. And he's had typhoid fever. Right. Yeah. So it was um, the <laughs> Grandpa Alfred Bertelson is one of them. Great Uncle Art Peterson, who had typhoid. Uh, and Great Uncle John Finholt were the, the three people on there. Um, and so because they all had three different names, I'm guessing they were friends, but they were called uncle, you know, because yeah. they were closeness to the family. Um but it's just those inscriptions I love to see. <laughs> well, and it could have been like one of them could have been married to uncles, Uncle Art's oh, sister. Oh, that's true. Uncles yeah. in law. Yeah. Didn't think of that. Yeah. That's smart. especially if you're like on my mom's <laughs> side, where like she's got almost all sisters, so mm, all the different families have different, different names. last sure. names mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Huh. 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 Then there's one final card that I thought of, which was it announcing it address change a business uh and it's a postcard that was from jm todd md uh announcing that he had moved uh and it was sent to uh heartland a guy named d.a pierce uh 1893 is when it was sent out and it's just a little card that says removal notice. I have removed my office to rooms in the Opera House building, opening on the east side of Broadway in the rear of Briggs Drug Store. Yours respectfully, J.M. Todd, M.D. I have removed. Yes. <laughs> removal notice. I've removed. 
Yeah. That's um, another card. One of the cards that I love, or some of the cards that <laughs> I love, are the ones we have from Lewis Printing. Oh, yeah. We have so many of those goofy little postcards mm-hmm. that he made. And we have so many that some of them are, can be purchased in the gift store. Right. Uh, museum store and I and I think my my last look we need to restock because mm-hmm. I think that they've been getting picked up yeah but they're really they're quirky yes they're kind <laughs> of these so. funny quirky like little goofy sayings and mm-hmm. caricatures and yeah cards are everywhere yeah huh how come I pick dog tags I don't know because I said cards because they have information on like a rectangular shape. I don't know. Well, close enough. Let's go <laughs> I, with it. I don't know. You know, I need to start making more notes when I why. throw a word out. Why did I say that? Um, because then I got to thinking I don't have a clue about dog tags. But I clearly something made me think. Yeah. Um, so I went to Linda the librarian. Yes. And um, the first thing she sent me, <laughs> made me laugh out loud, from the Albert Lee Tribune in 1944. It's license time again. It's time again to get the license for the family pet, whether it be named Rover, Bowser, or Susie. <laughs> the dog tags are now on sale at the city office Bowser. and must be on Bowser. your dog's collar by May 1st. Well, I hadn't even thought about dog tags for like a, a dog. dog right i know oh, <laughs> so yeah so i kind of laughed out loud in my library in my library in my office <laughs> which is kind of like my library <laughs> um but dog tags um played an important role right they oh, still yes. do with our military mm-hmm. yep and um that's where my head had gone. And so I have a, a letter that was published in the Tribune December 2nd of 1942. Roy um, Oppegard writes, Oppegard or Opegard? Oppegard, I think, writes from overseas. Um, he says he is near the ancestors of Barnum and Bailey's Circus. Hmm. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. E.A. Opegard this week received a letter from their son, Private Roy W. Opegard who is somewhere overseas with the U.S. Army Air Force. The letter was censored, so we feel that we can publish the following portion of it. Dear Dad and Inga, I finally caught up with my outfit. We rose into the sky on a cloudy day and had a bumpy ride from one cloud bank to another. Once I looked down the banks of one large cloud and it seemed a thousand miles to the earth, One time we flew over a native village and it looked like the collection of your famous grain stacks. Thus, I flew from one station where we had houseboys to do our work to a spot where everything has to be taken care of by myself. Once we had food served to us, now I get to eat out of a mess kit in the open under a roof. (laughs) In our barracks, I did a bit of carpenter work. Really a unique piece of work. A private from Chicago and I made a table or shelving board fixed to sidewall near our bed. Somebody happened to bump the wall and everything tumbled to the floor. (laughs) We were not discouraged. We got longer nails. The second attempt still stands. (laughs) Then, like Robinson Crusoe, I saw I needed a book rack for a few books I had along. Believe it or not, when I finished building this masterpiece, it turned out knock-kneed. I put a few books in it 
and it began to rock. No doubt my books are seasick by now. (laughs) A few miles away, the ancestors of Barnum and Bailey's circus animals live. Fun to think about them when on guard duty or the farther outpost. One night I was watching a robust thunderstorm. I saw a flame leap up from some fire out of the wilds. It appeared to be tended by several natives. Lightning plays queer tricks in the black night. A streak will suddenly run across the clouds and then burst into many flashes like skyrockets. Mosquitoes are everywhere and nowhere welcome. We sleep inside mosquito netting over our body, wear mosquito boots. I didn't know there were mosquito boots. (laughs) And on guard duty, we cover our heads with mosquito headpiece. One soldier by the name of Kelly drawled in his southern voice that he heard the mosquitoes were planning to form a convoy and use fireflies to light up our dog tags to see what type blood we had (laughs) before they took a bite. However, one must give them their praise. At 6 o'clock in the morning, they stop working on us. I don't know why, but they leave us alone during the day till about 5 o'clock in the evening. I was wondering if they had time clocks to punch since they were so regular. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> That's Roy. Funny. Oh That's my, my favorite dog tags piece. And I don't know where Roy was stationed. I did not um I did not dig into that. I don't know if that ever was released as to where he was stationed, but Yep, 1942. You might be onto something with that blood type comment. There are studies that supposedly mosquitoes prefer those with type O blood types, which includes me. (laughs) Well, I hardly ever get bitten by mosquitoes, and I'm O. Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you an O negative? No. Are you an O positive? Uh Uh-huh. I think I'm also O positive, but I guess I don't. I don't go outside a whole lot, so that also helps. (laughs) I rarely get bitten, but I'm B positive. Be positive. It's all my attitude, right? <laughs> Be positive. Well, you said dog tags, and then all I could think about was identification at death. <laughs> no, with dog tags? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so that's why I said tombstone, because that's another identification. I figured death. it was related. Yes. Um, but before I get to the tombstone, I want to talk to you about Kyle O. Olson. Kyle O. Olson. He was born in 1940 and passed in 2019, so not Mm. very long ago. Um, It said in his obituary, his obituary is one of the... one of those that are just like written really nicely and like gives a lot of information about the person and talks about even their attitude or connections and stuff that they did. And so, yes, I love it. Um, I love that. uh, It starts out saying uh, Kyle drove his brand new 1949 Studebaker through the gates of heaven on August 8th, 2019. Hmm. Uh, He attended Albert Lee schools. He delivered the Albert Lee Tribune. Uh, and when he was 15, he was hired to drive ambulance by the Lindahl Ambulance wow. Service. Wow. Yeah, so when he was 15, 15. Yeah. I delivered the Albert Lee Tribune. Did you? Ooh. I did. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> um, but he continued to like go through high school and college, and he then worked for Jess Jackson when he took over the ambulance business. So he was that again. Um, he worked for Morris Furniture Company, and then it says he met the love of his life, Rosemary Herman, while she was walking to her job at the Wilson Company. 
Uh, he asked her out to a hayride, and that was the end of their single lives. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. The way that's phrased. One date. One, I, one I, ask. Well, it only guess. takes one. It I, takes one to true. be the last first. Yeah. Um, and he served in the National Guard. Uh and then later on, 1967, he started his 30-year career with the Freeborn County Sheriff's Department. Uh, he said he loved his coworkers, and they became like a second family. And um, he, this sentence is interesting, I thought. Uh, he only had one ticket book in his career, and many times he had people stop by who had been in jail and thanked him for how kind he was. Hmm. That's really nice. So he... he Gave more warnings than he did tickets or had more conversations. That's nice. Um, They loved road trips. And then when uh, they retired, when he and his wife Rose retired, they opened the photo factory. uh, And they took thousands of portraits and developed pictures. uh, More than could be counted is what it was said. Hmm. Yeah. So I looked him up because we have a tombstone in our collection. It's over by the church over that way i'm looking out the window because of where we are um but it was donated to us in 1971 by kyle o olson uh that was four years into his police work and it was found in bancroft under the i-90 bridge and he recorded a little note with it and he said uh went to scene and found an old marker with the following on it florino wife of john robinson died March 18, 1827, aged 41 years. And he listed the size of the um, tombstone, 34 inches by 22 by 2 thick. Um, It was broken and had possibly been thrown off of the I-90 bridge, was the thought. And it was impossible to tell how long it had been there due to the rain they had had the week before. Yeah. That's already 150 years at that point, practically. Mm-hmm. But it could have been uprooted at any, you know. Any and they point. never, they they couldn't find where it had come from. Originally, correct? right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so Linda, our, our lovely librarian, she looked up and she um, saw Lorinda Robinson. So I don't know if that was misread on the tombstone as Florino Lorinda. I don't know, um, but she had died. March 18, 1872, but age 41 years from Pickerel Lake Township. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, possibly the same person on the stone, but due to the poor condition of the stone, they couldn't, they sure. didn't quite record it correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Wild. Yeah. I can't, I mean, like, who goes and takes a tombstone? I know. <laughs> right. It's terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. Although it could have been one where, like, um, you know, cemeteries have been removed to put in, like, a road or something. And so it could have been removed and then, like, I suppose left if you somewhere. don't have family, yeah. right? No, mm-hmm. Nobody, you can't, if you can't find a family member or tell sure. somebody that. This right? is going on. Yeah. Because I assume they notify if they if they can. Right. Yeah. And no Robinsons were living in the Pickerel Lake Township for quite some time. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah.